Grace and peace be with you from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For some of you, you guys are going to remember some of this from this past summer. But this past summer, I had this great idea with my family. We were going to go on vacation, and then they were going to kind of keep going, and I was going to fly back home. It was a perfect plan. It was great. I was going to get back a little early. I was going to have a little bit of time to get some work caught up and so on and so forth. They dropped me off a little bit early at the airport, but that was okay. I had my computer. I needed to respond to emails anyway. So I sat there for a couple hours, a couple more. My plane got delayed. No problem. Been there, done that. And then they canceled it. And there I was in Long Island and a canceled plane. No big deal. An extra night in Long Island. We roll with the punches. That's what we do. So the next day, bright and early, get back to the airport, get on a plane. Two flights later, I'm in Pittsburgh. My flight goes out at five o'clock. Not a big deal. Some extra time to kill. But then my flight got delayed. Hey, it happens. We roll with the punches. And then my flight got canceled. It's okay. It's all right. They had an 8 o'clock. An 8 o'clock going to St. Louis. It was going to be perfect. I was going to get in a little later than I had anticipated, but no big thing. But then that flight got delayed. And then they got flight got canceled. And then I go up to the, the gal at the front, Southwest Airlines. That's what I was working with. They were in the middle of a little bit of a crisis at that moment. And I talked to the lady at the front desk. What are my options? What can I do? She said, well, you can stay around Pittsburgh till tomorrow. We have a flight going out at 5 o'clock, she said, but it's book solid. But she's like, there's a good possibility that somebody's going to cancel, and then you'll have a place on the plane. She said, or you can go to Orlando, Florida. Now, if you go to Orlando, Florida, it's okay. We have a direct flight straight to St. Louis the next morning. So at 10 o'clock at night, I'm on a plane to Orlando, Florida, where I slept the night at a hotel, woke up, saw some palm trees on my way back to the airport, and I made it back to St. Louis. Three days later, I made it back to St. Louis. You guys ever have one of those experiences, though? You know, you had plans. You had it all lined up. You had it all ready to go. And then a wrench gets thrown into your plans, and the next thing you know... You're having to reroute plans. You're having to adjust things. And maybe in our own lives, we've had some of those scenarios where we had to readjust, where things just kind of got mixed up for one reason or another. But then there's those other times when wrenches kind of get thrown into our plans and it's a little bit more than just a missed plane or a delayed plane or a readjustment of your schedule. Sometimes it's the kind of thing that happens and it readjusts your life. The kind of thing that, that, that makes you just have at the tip of your tongue that question, that last question that's left. Why? Why did it have to happen like this? You know, why, why did she leave me? Why did we lose all the money? Why, why did the Lord have to take him? He was so young. And we're just left with those questions, those earth-shattering questions. Why? Why did it have to happen? And as we have those questions in the back of our minds, we turn our attention to our witness this night. 
to our witness to Christ. Our witness is a short witness. He's only really got a a verse or two in our text for tonight. And, And he's not even named in some of the other gospel readings. Although the story is told, he's not necessarily named. Just a telling of what happened. But yet... His story, as small as it is, and and seemingly insignificant as it is, truly is a significant story. It truly is a, a point that gives us a little bit of a glimpse of something that we don't want to miss. See, Malchus had his life turned upside down. He really did. Oh, the day started, I'm sure, just like any other day. Maybe he was looking at the daily schedule and and realizing that it was going to be a long one today. They had to deal with this whole Jesus thing. He realized that stuff was going on. The text doesn't tell us a whole lot about his opinions or his thoughts, but assuming that he's working with the chief priest, he probably shares some of their concerns. He probably shares some of their thoughts. But altogether, he's just a servant Altogether, he's just there working for the chief priest, working with the elders and the Pharisees. And tonight, they're getting together, and they're going to go get Jesus. They're going to go get him. And they've got the people, right? They have the chief priest. They have the elders, the Pharisees. They even have the servants. And on top of that, they even have some Roman military. You don't mess with these guys. These guys are the military, and they knew how to do their job. How could anything go wrong? If you wanted to know who was in control of all of this, all you had to do was look no further than the side that Malchus was on. He had it all. They were all there. But then this fisherman, this nobody, this Galilean, pulls out a sword and cuts off his ear. Now, if we're honest, they probably expected some kind of action of some kind. They, they probably expected there to be some kind of reaction from the disciples. Whether they expected that, again, we don't really know. But they expected something. That's why they had the military. That's why they had all the people. Everything was going to go to plan. But Malchus' life was kind of turned upside down in a moment when a sword came across and cut his ear off. From some of the other Gospels, though, we know that there's even more to this story, that Jesus takes his ear and heals him. He puts it back. And you see, that's the moment. That's just it. In that moment, it was like a curtain being pulled back just for a minute, just for a, just for a brief second. And you got a glimpse of who was really in control. Oh, they had all the people. They had the military. They had Judas all on their side. And really, as they were thinking it through, I'm sure they thought there's two things that can go happen tonight. Either A, Jesus can tell his disciples, we're going to fight until we drop, and then they were ready for that. Or Jesus was just going to give up. He was going to admit defeat, admit that he had no power here, and that that was just going to be it. But that's not what happened at all. A third option, an option that probably hadn't even crossed their minds, that Jesus was going to pull back the curtain just a little bit, and they were going to realize that this was all 
a part of the plan, or at the very least, a glimmer of it. Not only does Jesus not tell them to fight, but he also doesn't give up. Instead, he starts talking about how this was what he intended from the start. This is always where he was going. This is always what he was going to do. And in fact, the one wound, the one war wound they did receive, Jesus heals. Oh no, things are going to go the way Jesus wants them to go. How many times in our life have we needed to know that? Have we needed to hear that? You know, we all too often get those questions in the back of our mind, those why questions. Why did it have to be like this? And and why did it go like this? And if we follow popular wisdom, the world tells us that what we need to do is find ways to recapture control of our life. The more control we have, the less anxiety we have. The more control we have, the better we're going to feel, the better we're going to do. But that's not what Scripture teaches. That's not what the Bible tells us. And in our story tonight, we get a glimpse of what Scripture talks to us about when it comes to God, when it comes to our Heavenly Father, when it comes to our Lord. Because Jesus pulls back the curtain. And even though everything outward feels like Judas, feels like the chief priest, feels like the Roman soldiers are in charge, they're not. And the same thing goes for us in our life. All too often, we feel like we have to gain control. Because if we don't gain control, somehow, some way, we're going to be worse off. Scripture calls on us to walk. To walk a faithful life. To try to be the best that we can be. To try to do the best that we can do. Absolutely. But when it comes to control, when it comes to controlling all the things around us, our Lord calls on us to hand over that control to Him. We never really had it to begin with. All it takes is one missed plane. All it takes is one monkey wrench in the whole thing for us to realize that we never really had control to begin with. Whatever control we thought we had, it was just an illusion. It's kind of like when you're sending a child off to camp and they get you that form You know the form, it has all those questions on it, and then right at the end it says, hey, if something happens, who's really responsible? And you as the parent have to sign your name, and then add your phone number, and then add like a million other details. But you sign the paper. I'm the responsible one. If something happens, you call me. Well, Jesus has signed that paper. He's signed that for you. In holy baptism, you have been sealed. You are a child of God. God is responsible. Our Heavenly Father is responsible, and He is responsible for you. He can grant you peace. It's not the kind of peace that the world is after. It's not the kind of peace that the world can give. The world can't give that kind of peace. But God can. Through Christ Jesus, you can be given the peace that only He can give. The knowledge that your sins are forgiven, that your salvation is secure. It is the kind of peace that you can get nowhere else. Our Heavenly Father can give you comfort. The kind of comfort that this world cannot give. The world can't give the comfort and the knowledge that you rest secure in the hands of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The world can't give you that. But God can. 
He can give you the comfort and the peace that only He can give. And He can do it all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He can do it all through Him. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.